Hello and welcome to the Pink Isle. My name is Henry Kathman, and joining me is the irreplaceable, lovely, in the studio right now, Emma Corey. I know, I finally can see uh, another human face in my uh, physical vicinity yes. after all this time. Ladies, gentlemen, others, I'm not going to do the monster puns this time, but we are once again returning to the halls of Monster High for Monster High Friday Night Frights. But before we get into this little specimen here, in the time since we last recorded with the last Monster High episode, where we talked about the Monster High upcoming live action movie, some interesting developments have occurred. Emma, you you followed this a little bit more closely than I have. I mean, honestly, I have no idea what's going on. I've just been seeing I've been seeing out of context like clips pop up on Twitter. Yeah, because apparently, like the entire movie has been leaked yep. online. I say I'm not sure how, not sure where, not sure who. Yeah, it kind of just from the sort of out of context things I've looked, it kind of looks about what you would expect it to be. Very similar to the uh, Descendants vibes that they seem to have been going for. Yeah, it's a uh, yeah. The the production values are uh, not as good as they could be. Oh yeah. God! Full disclosure: I have not li- watched any of those clips other than like a single tiny one that, admittedly, was like really tiny on my phone screen, so I didn't see a whole lot of that cutting edge, crisp 4K detail. But yeah, it is an interesting little development to see this movie leak online almost immediately. And I'm sure some folks will want to hear our thoughts about that movie immediately, but I don't know about you, Emma, but I'm gonna want to wait till it comes out in October. Yeah, just kind of make sure we can talk about once everyone can see it. Because, like, who knows how much long it's going to be available, you know? Yeah, not to mention considering the details of this leak are unclear because from what I can see, all of them include like hard burned in like timestamps and like the uh, rolling clock on it, which could potentially mean that it isn't the final cut. Perhaps there might be other things in terms of like post-processing and like the effects that maybe it's like an early version of it. I don't know. Like I said, I haven't followed it too closely, but it it bears mentioning, you know, just considering how recently this has occurred that, uh, yeah, I think we're going to be holding off on actually watching that until it officially releases on October 5th. Although you're not going to see me drop a single goddamn dime on Paramount Plus. Respectfully, I, I as much as I respect Monster High, I do not respect Paramount. So keep an eye out that for the future, I guess. But... With that out of the way, today we're going to be talking about Monster High Friday Night Frights, which basically seems to be probably the most overtly sapphic Monster High movie, just because the premise seems to be very central towards roller derby. Like, not to not to go into like too many stereotypes of our sapphic listeners but you know you know it always it always sound sound like a lot of fun i've never really looked at a roller derby or experienced roller derby i assume it's like starlight express but there's not a plot emma you're actually (laughs) the fact that your descriptor is not too far off considering that it involves a bunch of people racing around a singular circular racetrack, trying to run into each other and trying to do varying stunts. Uh, It mostly just involves like trying to push other uh, competitors down so that one basically, um, and for any roller derby experts out there, apologies, but from my understanding, there's like the runner who's like the front roller derby person who is like taking the lead and the goal is to like try and be in the lead for a certain amount of time and then 
you have like specific people in certain positions who are trying to basically tag the front runner or knock them down so that they can no longer be in the lead so that their their own team's runner can be in the lead. And it's like whoever can be in the lead for the longest is the team that ends up winning. And it's one of those things where it I've only seen like one or two matches in my day. It, it was a very casual type of thing, not nothing near to like a like a professional roller derby match. And there was also that one uh, Ubisoft also released like a roller roller derby game uh, back in like I think it was like 2018. Though I have not paid attention to that since that company uh, covers up sexual predators in there, so. It's a very interesting landscape, roller derby, and I'm very interested in seeing... Obviously, this is going to be a facsimile of what actual roller derby is, but... Uh, I know. Let us, wa- let us watch the movie, and then it turned out like that the roller derby part is like actually not a big part of the plot at all. <laughs> it was just for the cover. Would not be surprised, because... It's it's a similar thing where like ex- where we were expecting Skull Shores to be a much bigger part of the story, mm-hmm. only for it to be like a tiny little snippet. I guess we'll find out as we watch through this. But before we get into that, uh, I just want to really, really briefly go through some of the cast and crew. We got the usual mainstays returning. You know, we got our Sally Safiotti as Claudine and Cleo, Cindy Robinson uh, as. Operetta, our Dolly Parton Phantom. Uh, I don't think we ever gave her a shout out in the past, but yeah. Then we got Kate Higgins as Frankie Stein, uh, Aaron Fitzgerald as Abby B- Abominable. So, oh God, Emma, if she gets to be in the roller derby, I would be, ooh, oh man. I'm always down to see more Abby Abominable. Uh, apparently there's this character named Gary, which do you remember a Gary Gary. Gary. There's no there's a guy named Andrew Duncan who's voicing someone named Gary. And but it looks like I'm looking at the cast list. It looks like we got uh, Julia Madalena, who mm-hmm. is uh, they brought in these two characters. I remember from the doll. It's like Rebecca Steam, who's like a steampunk girl. Yeah. And then like Venus McFlytrap, who's like a poison ivy type mm. plant, evil plant girl. Ugh. You mean they're not going Audrey 2 on us? Well, kind of Audrey 2, too. Okay, I'll I'll accept that then. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, we got Debbie Derryberry returning as Draculaura, Ogie Banks as Claude Wolves, and uh, Miss Laura Bailey as Laguna Blue. No sign of Gil. No Gil. No Gil, Gil so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> then we also got America Young uh, as someone named uh, Torelai, and... Uh, Claudine's little sister, Halloween. So, you know, always nice to see America doing some work. And the other notable people, uh, once again, Andrew Duncan and Adu Padan seem to be working as supervising directors since they seem to be the main brand managers of Monster High. But for our main director, returning from Why Do Ghouls Fall in Love is Dustin McKenzie. And, you know, that was a fine enough movie. I'm interested in seeing and then we also have as our main writers ted zizek and mike montesano who we talked a little bit before earlier as well you know they worked on things like bunked and team kaylee and jesse and all that and uh i think they were the writers for the skull shore movie which mm. We'll we'll have to see how it is I mean, at the very least, we've never really had much of, like, an overt sports movie out of all of, like, the different movies we've watched for The Pink Owl. Yeah, I guess the only one that almost kind of counts is, like, the Mermaid Tale movies because they kind of have, like, the surfboard competition aspect. Yes, yeah. And then that's kind of, like, not really the main focus. Yeah, and it's, like, more of a singular thing. And I guess you could make an argument for that one uh, Barbie horse movie that involved like the horse competition but that again we've never had like a team sports thing which honestly is a little bit of a surprise we haven't had like a barbie soccer player movie or anything oh my god that thing would write itself like you could just do a standard sports movie hell american women's soccer is like already so big and they're already doing like a lot of tie-ins with the actual like national women's like soccer team and having official barbie dolls like, it's oh, get on that. Like, I would 
I'd be down to watch a Barbie soccer movie. But I think Monster High is going to be also a very good setting to put a like sports movie in. Because Emma, I'm going to go out on a limb and say you're probably not that big a fan of the sports ball. Similar to me. Uh, um, I, I know there's the one where you, you, you hit it with a stick. And there are some where you hit them in, with a stick in the air, but some where you hit them with the stick, the ball with a stick on the ground. Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, even if you're not like a big fan of like sports themselves, how do you feel about sports movies? Oh, I like a good sports movie. Because the thing about sports movies is they're never really about sports. Yeah. Like, they're always kind of about, like, some, like, kind of, like, big sense of, like, proving yourself or working as a team. Yeah, or they're, like, an avenue to explore, like, certain characters, which arguably people like some of the narratives that end up coming out of those kind of sports. And arguably that's the same appeal as things like professional wrestling or, like, esports and stuff like that. But you're right. I think, like, the sports are mostly serving as the core structure to this. And I don't know, I would be very happy to see if it's like an accurate, like roller derby thing. I, I don't think they are going to do that. They're probably going to add some weird, like spooky gimmick thing, like go full Quidditch on us and be like, oh, you got to put the gnome face in the, the, the eye hole or some weird <laughs> MacGuffin type thing. But okay. do you have any experience like roller skating or rollerblading? Oh yeah. You know, I'd go down to the roller rink for like, birthday parties and stuff and it be when i grew up that was like the it place to have your birthday party was like the although a lot of those places have kind of shut down at this point yeah i do oh god it does remind me how like my sister had like a girl scout event held at the roller derby and there was only one other boy there because you were allowed to bring your siblings to this event as well but none of the boys wanted to go and it was honestly a pretty good time although i did there was a race thing that they had that i (laughs) i did end up falling over during and wiping out i feel like we've all seen god in a roller rink at some point you know (laughs) Yeah? yeah? Tell me about your spiritual experience in a roller yeah, rink. Yeah, you know, sometimes you, you fell back and you kind of like black out for a second. And then you're like, well, I've, I've come through the other side. Yeah, I'm and then you come side. to consciousness during the middle of the cha-cha slide, yeah, blasting like- over the radio. <laughs> so I'm going to be interested in seeing how this movie ends up portraying some of the uh, special ultimate skating experience that's going to go on. But I think that... It's time for us to lace up and head out onto the rink ourselves. Emma, you got your skates all sprayed though, right? We're supposed to spray them? Oh no, Emma, you gotta be able to keep the monster fungus out of there. We gotta go fix this listener, but stay tuned. God. It's worse than I thought. We're gonna have to amputate. Uh. <laughs> Check out the new Monster High Skultimate Roller Maze video game. On your mark, get set, scream! Race as your favorite Monster High character, each with unique abilities. Discover three horrific hidden items as you race your team to victory. Compete on multiple treacherous courses. Capture monstrous pickups. Customize your team. Unique gameplay modes keep the racing spirited. Play the hottest sport to hit the halls of Monster High, Skultimate Roller Maze, available this holiday season. Welcome back, listener, and I gotta tell you, it's a beautiful day for a little skating skirmish, and I think we saw some really good initiative, a lot of good hustle out on the field today, Emma. What do you think? Um, <laughs> you haven't having a good time finding those sports metaphors. I, uh, everyone really uh, worked as a team. Yeah. Today, uh, mm-hmm. the Capri Suns and the uh, Cheese Crackers are in the cooler. Don't forget the orange slices. Yeah, Got to get those slices. orange slices. Yeah, for anyone. We all really played a really good uh, hustle when we hit that that bogey. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what about the movie, though? Oh, yeah, the movie was <laughs> fine. Yeah, the movie was 
interesting. Uh, so we spoke about how sports movies can be a really good avenue to tell some interesting stories. And we've spoken in the past about how one of the better things that Monster High has going for is that it, it has characters with very distinct personalities and a lot of good abilities to be able to showcase the ways that their personalities contrast with one another through the situations they put themselves in. And in terms of sports movies, it ain't no Sandlot. Yeah, Not a Mi Mighty Ducks here, although I don't, I've never seen Mighty Ducks, but. I, I wasn't expecting this to be one of those, like, girls can't play sports movies where they like, no, we gotta prove them wrong. Yeah. I gotta be honest, that was something about this movie that kind of got me a little not as on board with it as I was hoping. Yeah, because this ends up being a movie that's mainly about sexism yeah. and sports. Not against that, you know. I liked A League of Their Own. That was a good movie, although A League of Their Own had the benefit of being based in this historical time period. Whereas this, even though it was released in 2012 when the whole resurgence of feminist discourse was starting to come back into pop culture, I think with like certain bits of modern hindsight, not with the with people now, you know, being a lot more aware of like some of the issues women's sports face and stuff like that, it felt kind of expected is the word that I would use. Yeah, I mean, I guess like, I do kind of like their idea in this of being like, oh, you know, um, you can be really feminine and really mm -hmm. girly and still be like athletic and good at sports. Oh, yeah. I liked that bit. But uh. this does kind of like make, at least in the beginning, make a lot of like the secondary characters kind of unlikable for yeah. a while because of their premise. Cause... Mm -hmm. So like the whole, the whole uh, uh, setup of this movie is that the, the school's... All the different monster schools have this sort of like roller derby tournament called the Skultimate Roller Maze or Scream each year. And uh, whoever, uh, whenever a team wins, they get to take the crest, the school crest of the other team. Yep. Which uh, not See? only is symbolic, but also makes their school physically deteriorate. Yeah, it's, they, they mention it being like, their school spirit as in a literal spirit meaning that they have like a soul of some sort of creature in the school it's the school spirit yeah and that's such a wild that just, that thing just, to that just means all the all the monster schools are monster houses yeah no we are following monster house rules yeah. i think the fact that it has such a physical toll on the school and we see how scaffolding is falling over and how the clock is like deteriorating and how well, also, the school's gonna all the students are depressed now yeah because because so the setup is we begin with the monster highs uh scream team which consists of i believe claude, claude deuces uh gill uh manny tor manny tor Whatever that flame fire dude. The worst dude. character. The worst character. Yeah. So much of the worst character that I don't even want to look up his name because he does not deserve it. Oh, uh, yeah. And they're a part of this team and they're competing against like this gargoyle the team, gar the Granite City High. Yeah. So, which I was like, oh, it's a bit of a cop out that like all the other teams are just like have like one type of monster. But then I realized it was a part of the lore that like Monster High was the only like kind of monster school that was like all monsters yeah just and, one specific type of monster which again each one of these movies paints a very dark picture about the general world of monster high where not only do monsters seem to be like subjugated and potentially captured by the normie humans but also you got like segregation more or less with these schools yeah. and the fact that also these schools can be destroyed by a sports team's like performance honestly you could actually make that be an allegory for the state of certain public education institutions where uh if they don't uh have that sports pedigree then people don't care and they don't get funding and yeah it's a, gr a great way to run your education system yeah. y you love to see it no notes yeah. but either they're competing for this competition and 
we established that the gargoyle team is very like they they're like the they're like the evil team that likes to like cheat. Oh yeah. Although what gets counted as cheating in this is a bit ambiguous because apparently like you can use your powers yeah, and your destroy power. bits of the track but that they're racing on. But if you like on. destroy someone's like skates, then that is cheating. Yeah. Because so, that's what happens. Like Claude is at the fish line with the main guy, and then he destroys his skates and. Claude ends up injuring himself and they lose the game. And as a result, Monster High is kind of like falling apart, you know. Yeah, well, he. I think the reason why it's specifically cheating is because they're uh, using outside devices and means in order to get an advantage. Like during the initial race, they use Deuce to petrify this bat camera person and they chuck the bat at Gil to knock him down. And the gargoyles have these, like, blades in their skates uh, that, you know, just give me those grease flashbacks of just, like, tearing up their tendons. Like, I feel like that would be on a grounds of cheating, but... Yeah, I suppose so, but either way, because of this event, a lot of the Monster High's team is injured, so... Mm-hmm. So we get... Claude, who's having a, a bit of like an emotional breakdown from this from being too injured to continue with the season. And apparently there's no like teacher coach that runs these things. It's nah. just like, it's all student, it's student run. And apparently Claude has to say so to like uh, pull out the team yep. for the year. Apparently has the authority to be able to cancel whole season. That's it. Also, apparently uh, we established Claude goes to a vet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. Probably someone more qualified to handle lycanthrope conditions. I suppose so. But But what did you think of Claude in this movie in general? Because we talked last time about how we wished we saw more Claude in the last one because his relationship with Draculaura is one of the highlights, I feel like, in this series thus far. Yeah, I mean, Claude is... uh... He goes through a bit of an arc in the movie, but it's like we said, towards the beginning of this movie, that's when I feel like a lot of the secondary characters are at their most unlikable, because through this we establish that uh, even though Claude is taking the team out, that the uh, the ghoul squad, they all want to band together to try to like, make tryouts for new team members. Yeah. And it's here at this tryout we meet a lot of like, kind of like, generic, athletic guys that want to compete and we actually learned that laguna blue is actually really talented at the skating Mm -hmm. and then they say hey why don't we have her be on the team and that's where we get the main conflict of this movie where like all the girls want to like run the scream team but basically everyone is against them and doesn't want to support them at all yeah they just keep pulling the whole but you're a good 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 girl we can't play with a girl. Oh, yeah, because this is where we get, like, because, like, uh, Flame Guy and Manny Tar were, like, the only uninjured members of the original team, and they straight up pull out and then spend yep. the rest of, like, the beginning of the movie just mocking the main characters. Yeah. To compete. You would think that the fact that the continued existence of this school is in the hands of this team, you'd think that people would... I don't know, maybe like try and be more supportive or try to take more active steps considering that the end goal seems to be that the school just falls apart and is no longer happening. Yeah, because like without like the rest of the team, like basically, uh, you know, Frankie, Draculaura, Claudine, Abby. Cleo. Cleo. Well, Cleo at the beginning, but she drops out pretty quickly. Yeah. Too, just kind of. Rightfully uh, so, honestly. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, to sort of be the new team. And like, they're not so worried about like, even like Claude is like very like against like Draculaura being in it because he doesn't, he says he doesn't want her to get injured. But also he still is like, why are they having the girls do this? Like, Yeah, I, I, I don't know how to feel about that, honestly, because on one hand, I guess it's at least consistent where Claude seems to be, you know, having some kind of concern and, you know, wanting what's best for Draculaura. But I don't know, this feels like something where these sort of characters kind of relearn that lesson of not judging things 
just by how they initially appear, which is, you know, the whole thesis. It, it is probably one of those inherent weaknesses to like this kind of format of the tie-in movie where you can't really allow for some of that long-term character development type of thing. It's sort of like just kind of a frustrating movie because like the sort of message and the lesson is so obvious because a lot of the way it like justifies why everyone is so like bent up on like not having girls compete in the game is like they're like well it's tradition yeah even though they immediately contradict this by saying that the very first screen player was uh oh what's the steampunk lady's name rebecca steam yeah rebecca steam was apparently like one of the first people so i mean then again like most traditions uh a lot of the actual historical validity of claims towards traditions tend to not be that actually historically accurate. Hmm. It's now hear me out, Emma. It's almost as if when people utilize a argument appealing to a sense of tradition, it usually tends to ignore the complexities and the nuances and the context that came with the actual history that formed that traditions and Mayhaps there's a reason why things within our society are meant to progress and evolve as time goes on. See, that's crazy talk. Everyone was so much happier in the 1950s. Did you see the Coca-Cola ads? <laughs> yeah, and I'm, and you know the, these boy, these boy scream teams—they seem to be doing so good, even though. Granite City's scream team clearly has a girl player know, on it. Like it's like it's like a it's plot so- twist where they have like one of the gargoyle players has wearing like a helmet and has like a ponytail. <laughs> <laughs> and they and it's especially hilarious because they're like a good girl, and it's like y'all, did you did you you practiced with her, right? Did you ever have a conversation with your team? Yeah. <laughs> Like, honestly, what I was expecting was for them to, like, use it as kind of a moment of, like, I don't know, calling out, like, a hypocrisy element of it, where, like, the Granite team can be like, oh, you're just a bunch of stupid girls, to which, uh, oh, what's girl Gargoyle's name? Her name is Rochelle. Uh, for which Rochelle can come out and be like, that's it. I'm not going to cover for you guys anymore. I'm a girl. They forced me to cover it up. It's stupid. They're a bunch of hypocrites. Like, that would have honestly been a much more satisfying plot beat if they I, went with that direction. That's kind of what they did. It's just it was a reveal to the gargoyles yeah. as well. Yeah. I I don't know. But... Yeah, but either way, because, like, their first tournament they go to, like, no one shows up except mm-hmm. for, like, Flame Guy and Manny Tor to mock them and put their, their failures on... F- Fright Tube. Fright Tube. For their, their epic uh, uh, feminist-owned compilation YouTube channel. Yeah. And- also, side note, Fright Tube, really? The word Boo Tube is right there, guys. Missed opportunity. But... And also, we also have a subplot where, like, that mean cat girl from, like, the other movie, I think her name's Toriel or yeah. something like that, is also there. And she's also, like, dating one of the gargoyle boys, so she's, like, turning against, like, Monster High. So we get, like, a stuff with that, too. Yeah, but, which, I don't, honestly, I don't know why they had her. I was expecting her to be a much more overtly antagonistic force. Like, she would do something near the last act to interfere with things like but well she attempts to but it turns out like she, she they were all like double crossing her the whole time so it was yeah like, but like it's just kind of sort of like extra stuff i guess to put there because they get their first tournament going against the zombie team yeah and they somehow manage to lose against the zombie team even though we establish later on that when playing the zombie team they just don't move at they all. don't move at all the only reason they lose is because uh frankie is nervous and she sweats on her bolts and electrocutes the three of them and they accidentally fall off the ramp which for some reason that's enough to warrant a disqualification because they said it's like oh it's a early start yeah and it's start yeah which for that seems like a way too harsh of a penalty 
Like, like I don't. This is, this is a world where like losing a sports game makes your school like crumble to the ground. Yeah, so. but th- thinking about this from but like that makes me question the infrastructure of these other schools. Do they just have to like rebuild their school every time like they lose like? A oh well, only season? if they ever get to the championship. But no, but if you take like the, their crest, like that can oh, happen God. at the first game. Like, That's right. Yeah, I I don't know. One would. Well, I think what's implied is the reason why Monster High is being, like, destroyed is because the Granite City people are overtly, like, messing with the crest and breaking it because we get a shot of them, like, chucking banana peels and, like, punching it and stuff. Yeah, and but I, I kind of feel like the other schools probably do the same thing to the other schools' crest, like... That's true. If you put, like... Like, if you put a high school soul... In the hands of a rival high school, that thing's gonna. I don't think any of them are gonna be nice to to it. No, no. Yeah, it's it's wild. But you know, uh, uh, moral is kind of down with the Monster High team, and uh, but this is where we also get uh, Operetta interest. um, They actually decided to give Operetta something to do in the story. Yeah. So, well, this happens while they're doing, like, one of many training montages in this. And, you know, it's a sports movie. you got to get those training montages in. Well, what happens is, like, when they initially start training for it, they kind of, like, get in a bit of a mess. And Operetta comes and sort of, like, helps uh, Frankie and Draculaure, who are kind of, like, the weakest members Mm -hmm. of the team. And... They're like, oh, you should join. She's like, no, I, I'm not. I, I'm not a part of the es- establishment. I'm not. I was trying to do a southern accent, but it was oh no, honey, I'm not going to be part of this sort of infrastructure of organized sports. It doesn't really go with my whole vibe. Yeah, that but was- after there is a pretty cool moment though later on where like the Minotaur and Flame Guy are just like harassing them after like the game, and she actually Operetta comes in and actually like just like kicks them in the face yeah no just kicks them in the face and like tugs on manny's like uh nose ring and puts flame dude in a headlock and be like hey you guys should show some school spirit you know it i've been a lot of accidents could happen wouldn't want any chandeliers falling down better pay me my twelve thousand francs a month bitch yeah, this, this movie did kind of, like, establish that Operetta is kind of insane. Yeah, like, like, literally, she talks about, I was swinging on chandeliers before I could walk. Yeah, which, we, get, we get some chandelier references. Good, good stuff, yeah, good yeah. stuff. Also, this movie establishes she has, like, like, like sonic singing beams to... Yep, yep. That can, like, knock over pillars. Yep. So... I mean, uh, uh, tra- it tracks. It tracks. I, I, Pretty much all these character... Actually, because Frankie has her electricity powers. Dracula has magic because she's also studying witchcraft. Halloween has, like, some werewolf stuff. Laguna can breathe underwater. Is Cleo's power just having servants? Cleo's power is having money. (sighs) The greatest power of all. Indeed. But this all kind of leads to kind of like a bit of a scene where they're kind of like at their lowest point and we get this confrontation between Claude and Draculaura where he basically tries to like order her to not be yeah, on the team Yeah, being anyway. like, as your boyfriend, I don't want you to be on the team anymore. To which Draculaura in some queen shit was like, I guess that settles it then. I'm going to play on the team we're through type of thing yeah so which i'm glad dracula's talking about but dang claude that was some no some toxic masculinity going on yeah yeah which honestly i feel like it's a thing where if they put more of a focus on getting claude to actually kind of like more overtly rethink his preconceptions and kind of realize hey i've been a I've been a toxic dick right here. I need to do better by my by my friends and my girlfriend. And instead, eventually what happens is Claude ends up deciding to become the the coach. Yeah, he kind of like comes in to like coach them because they suggested him earlier that he should like help like coach, but he was kind of like not wanting to do it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I guess he pretty quickly sees the error of his ways to kind of 
help them all out because they're trying to train and operetta is really good but she's also like kind of like self-centered and not really a team player yeah which honestly not bad characterization i kind of like that as a direction for a phantom of the opera style uh monster high girl yeah but either way um uh she got uh he comes in to go and coach and of course draculaura automatically forgives him all is all is well, which at first, like, I feel like we were all kind of like, eh, it's kind of it's sucks that, like, in this movie, that's all about, you know, girl power. We got to, like, uh, get the girls together. Like, it was kind of like, it's very, yeah, that it was like, oh, so they need, like, a guy to come here and tell them what to do. But after Claude starts uh, training them, they have their next game. And once again, they lose the game despite Claude's uh, coaching. That's true. Actually, I'm glad that you brought that up because that was something that I was kind of initially like rolling my eyes at because Claude was going about this style being all like ah oh, get in formation take another laugh drop give me 20 that kind of like hardline coach yeah, stuff very like intense very like hyper masculine and then he he uses the phrase beast mode <laughs> yes he says oh I don't care what it takes. We're going to practice for 28 hours a day, nine days a week. That's not even mathematically possible, but we're going to do it. We're going to go what I call beast mode. Like he says it literally I, like that. This really was a 2012 movie. It really was. But this is where we kind of get... Oh, before we go into the next, we never mentioned uh, the... the uh, what is the... Yes. Flytrap? Yeah. Name? Yeah. Hang on. Let me look it up. Uh, yeah. Venus McFlytrap. Yeah, she's just there. She's just there for like two scenes. Yeah, she's basically Poison Ivy environmentalist, but also she can mind control with spores to get people to recycle. Yeah, <laughs> which honestly, it. Queen Shade. I know, her character was completely inconsequential, but I figured you guys all mentioned since we mentioned her earlier. Yeah, I get the impression that the only reason she was in this movie is because they probably recently released her doll and they're like, well... Well, we gotta put her in there, so, you know... Here's but two scenes. This is where we get the nudists. We mentioned how Rebecca Steam was like one of the first like scream champions. And apparently they say that she was like torn apart, which is what Claude said. So apparently what happened is when she won, the gargoyle team literally tore her body apart. Yeah. So and it, all her parts were like strewn across where the arena was. Yeah. And while... And Gulia, who is investigating the arena to see for signs of cheating, because everyone pretty much was like, oh, wait, they're the asshole team. Of course they're going to cheat. We got to look for signs of that. Which, honestly, I wish more sports team movies kind of did that, where they're like, like, honestly, I would watch a sports team movie where part of the plot was just them arranging contingencies for when the evil team inevitably starts pulling some cheating. That'd be honestly kind of funny. But yeah, I also forgot that like Gulia is like a genius because mm -hmm. apparently while all the stuff is gone, she's been collecting the parts of this teenage girl that was taken yeah. apart for, uh, yeah. and is able to put her back together and through Frankie's electricity, they're able to revive her and we get introduced to Rebecca Steam who is a, like a British steampunk girl who's got little like gears. Yeah. In her eyes. Yeah. Her irises are gears, which I like that part of her design. And I, although I got to say the, uh, it's one of those things where as I, as we were getting introduced to her, I must say I'm a little, little bit disappointed in terms of kind of wishing that we got to see more of her and because yeah, because when she gets introduced uh she basically becomes like a secondary coach to the team as mm -hmm. well but the only reason she can't participate is because her balancing module is missing yeah but either way her introduction to the team kind of like sort of leads into the thesis of the movie where she's like well claude is tr training you the way he would have trained like boys but you need to learn how to play sports like girls and so play sports like girls, I assume, means you get rid of all the, the safety uh, body armor and you wear a cute outfit and pump uh, yeah. roller skate heels. Yeah, put those, put those wheels on heels, which I see absolutely no problem. I, well, I say that even though I have seen people in roller derby do it on heels, which 
honestly, those people, uh, more bravery than a military officer. Oh, most definitely. I'm like, so like, is there a wheel on the heel as well? Sometimes there are, but most of the time it's usually a thing where the wheels are just on the front part. So you're just like balancing on your toes while roller skating. Which most, uh, roller skaters, like it's more of a hockey thing, but depending on how you go about it, usually, uh, you know how roller skates have like those little like rubber guards near the very, very tips? Mm-hmm. Something you often see in certain type of roller derby players. Some people will like utilize just like the wheel gliding, sort of like an ice skate thing where trying to put yourself forward, where some people just straight up just run on the on the wheels mm-hmm. like a hockey player. And Emma, if you've ever seen a 250-pound woman just absolutely jacked rushing running towards someone full sprint with wheels on their feet truly terrifying it sounds amazing it's no it's an amazing time watch a roller derby match listener i've never thought to before but i mean now maybe i'm interested yeah there's no like a tentacles coming out and like unfortunately no they go through but, but yeah, so that's when we get their their cute outfit transformation for the movie and where they're like, you know. Yeah, and everyone, uh, it should be noted by this point, a lot of people at Monster High are starting to turn okay. around on them it's as like soon as these, they start winning a couple of games. Yeah, these fair weather friends, like they were all sexist before, not wanting to support them. But now that they're getting wins for their school, now everyone's showing up. Yeah. Speaking of crowds, I feel like we kind of mentioned, uh, we actually do see Andy again in this movie. Yeah, so movie. Uh, old, uh, yeah, Andy from the last movie, Andy Beast, because they show this one crowd shot of him and, like, the Cupid girl, like, five times in this movie. Like, the exact same shot of them cheering for the crowd reaction. And like, it's especially notable because it pans, like, it pans from the left to the right, first with Andy, then Cupid. And then we see this same shot of, like, just this one random skeleton just dooting doot- on the horn. Yeah, you got a good, uh, like, a Mr. Bone skeleton there. And then... <laughs> Like you just see these shots, like like towards the end of the final tournament, you see it like three times in a row. Which is honestly like that that sort of element of recycling shots isn't uncommon, especially in television animation. And considering that you know, at this point in time, the Monster High series they were pumping like three movies out every single year. Like they, this movie was released the same year as the Escape from Skullport and the next movie, uh, Ghoul's Rule. So it's like, it makes sense why they would want to cut corners, but it's honestly a little bit strange that they would recycle that exact same shot because you already have this scene with all these characters on the bleachers just on... Like, you're telling me you couldn't render, like, at least one more shot just focusing on like some other part of this scene that you've already rigged and animated because that's a nice thing with 3d animation because once you animate the characters and like have them acting out you can kind of just like move the camera whatever for like different shots and angles heck you could even have the same character shot but just like slightly angle it differently but then again, that's where you also get into the element of actually having to render it, which might have been, yeah, I don't know. Because I, I think, yeah, it's a, it was just something funny to pull, pull Oh, out. definitely. But this is kind of the point in the movie where we get uh, the reveal that one of the Gargoyle teams was actually a girl. Mm. And you can also buy her doll at Target as well. Yep. <laughs> we get to meet Rochelle Goyle, who... I actually, I really like her design, though. I like... I, I'm kind of fond of gargoyles, so... Yeah, she's got, like, uh, this black and white dress. Uh, her skirt, her regular skirt, has this sort of, like, stained glass window kind of design, but black and white, and, yeah. like, has a little French, like, the French insignia thing. I forget what that's called. The fleur de lis? Yes, thank you. But, yeah, <laughs> anyway, so this is where we get the reveal that she gets tired of her teammate's sexism. And apparently somehow in like the off screen has also uh, applied for a transfer to Monster High. So which, she's just immediately able to join the Monster High. Which that is absolutely wild. Um, I mean, 
Like, even, like, they kind of, like, lampshade it. Like, the Prince of the Bloodborne is like, well... This is really unusual, but you've, you've actually gone through the correct process. I guess we can do this. Yes. <laughs> Which, I have to wonder what uh, the Goyle parents ha- think about a lot of that. I mean... Then again, I know a lot of sports Same. star no parents. Has parents in these series, like, what have you seen a single parent so up? You you got me there. Yeah, you got me there. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, from here, I this does get into like the actual thesis of this, which you pointed out earlier. How like the big problem that uh, Monster High's team was suffering from was that element where they were trying to fit this expectation of playing like boys when in fact they should have been, you know, playing to their own individual strengths, which I, I gotta be honest. I don't like that whole raising thing of them like, Oh, play like girls type of thing. It's, it's kind of the same reason why I'm not too hot on the whole woman up type of. Yeah. I mean, I feel like they're like trying to do like, Oh, like playing like a girl is usually meant as an insult, but like maybe it should be a positive thing. Yeah. Which that's, I'm all for that kind of, like, sort of reclamation. It It is just one of those things, you know, where it starts getting into, like, some weird essentialist argument type of stuff. And yeah. especially since nowadays people are getting all freaking stupid about, like, who gets to play on which sports teams and all that. Yeah, and when like- it's like, you know, there really shouldn't be any reason why you can't just have, like, inter- like non- gender segregated sports yeah. like heck if the uh ray's original hot dog eating contest could be both may- men and women competing up until past like five years every sport every sport could you know push towards that kind of thing yeah that's my little hot take anyway mm-hmm. yeah you definitely kind of see that dichotomy how we sort of like kind of with, like, you know, anti-trans panic kind of gone back from, like, the sort of, like, 90s. Like, actually, maybe, like, all sports should be integrated. And girls can do the same amount of sports guys. who would be, like, actually, uh, all sports must be segregated. Because, you know, yeah, there women are just sen- could, could, couldn't, just biologically could never compete against Yeah, just, but bi- you know, that whole thing where it's, like, there are fundamental biological differences. Like, it, it's, like... I, I don't know. It's a sport. It's a sport, like, it's guys. It's supposed to be fun. Yeah. Like, we don't... We Can we, like... We can chill. Which, I will say, I do like how at the very end they do kind of end up kind of adopting that yeah, towards the end. Yeah, because, like, towards the end... Uh, this is getting to yeah. sort of ahead of us. Yeah, we'll get well, it. Yeah, we'll okay. get to that. But, but either way, uh, we get kind of the lead up to the final. We get our montages of them actually winning as the... As these things tend to go, uh, mm-hmm. we get a little plot where, like, uh, Toriel tries to sabotage them by, yeah. like, uh, putting a wedge between Operetta and the rest of them. But, like I said, this is pretty I, much no tension because we already see that Operetta and Claude were already in and noticed her, like, scheming. So I do actually kind of like that as a little bit of a subversion of that kind of thing because it does make sense where, like... Uh, I ragged earlier about how there isn't a whole lot of, like, long-term character development in this, but I do think, at least in this movie, unlike some of the previous movies, people are already like, oh, no, these, like, Toriel is just here to make things worse. Yeah, because, like, Operetta kind of pretends to, like, conspire with Toriel that she's gonna, like, betray the team. Mm -hmm. But then, of course, you know, when the final team comes around, she's actually working for the team's favor in order to sabotage their sabotaging. Yeah. Yeah. They double cross and the double cross. Mm-hmm. Some real death note type of intellectual sparring there, you know? Yeah, because once we get to the final, like, uh, tournament, we uh, get kind of... Well, before then, we do get, like, the, the flame guy on Manny Tor apologizing for being unabashedly sexist for the first uh, half of this movie. Yeah, but which I, is a, one thing... It's one of those things where... It's like, oh, cool. The only way someone can, like, get rid of those kinds of, like, prejudices is they have to... Do something exceptional and prove yeah. themselves, and then people will come around. Yeah. It's like, eh. Mm, not, not great, but I guess hurts in the right place, question mark. But the... 
at least with this final race. Uh, I do want to make a quick note about the whole Scream match format as it was, because we talked a little bit in the intro how I was kind of hoping that they would have, like... It's clear that this thing is based off of roller derby, and honestly, I kind of wished that like they could go into more things like rules. Maybe that's just because I'm like a nerd for these kind of things, but say what you will about Quidditch or any of those other sort of fantasy sports. I do kind of like how those kinds of like uh, stories of like a fantasy sport do involve the, uh, you know, getting insight into like how they play this game of like, you know, Heck, even just giving like an overview of what the race court, this, a standard scream race course looks like, where it's like, oh, first you got to pass through this tunnel, then you got to pass through the flames, and then there's the Kraken Lake, you know, mm-hmm. just so that we could like see what is up ahead on the racetrack, uh, which, you know, that's just like a really minor nitpick, but it was still, I don't know, they're still at least somewhat fun to watch. I don't know about you, but these... This watching the screen match gave me speed racer vibes. It really is a little bit, right? Just because of like the circular race tracks and like the weird obstacles and then people like spinning around. Uh, ooh, one one the other. The sister should have uh, adapted this. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, get Channing Tatum from Jupiter Ascending in on here. Oh uh, yeah, you he, know? Can, he can be a, a deuce. Well, but he was like a werewolf in Jupiter Ascending. Remember? Yeah, but Claude is black. I mean, he wouldn't play Claude, obviously. I'm, he would just have to play another werewolf. But one other quick note in terms of their performance. The other thing that I do kind of like about this is that uh, I mentioned how they didn't really utilize a lot of stuff from roller derby, except they did do this one sort of technique where when they are trying to uh, get some of their players up ahead uh, in roller derby and in this movie... A thing that will happen is the teammates, like usually one or two teammates, will pull one of the other teammates forward and let them use that pull forward momentum in order to like shoot up the like that team member up ahead. I I know there's like specific terminology for that. I do not know it. Apologies, roller derby fans, but that that was a nice little fun detail that I saw there. But in yeah. this final match... Yeah, because we kind of get sort of like the sort of final sort of conflict because earlier on, uh, Draculaura was upset when like Claude was initially telling her to quit because she felt Claude didn't believe in her. Mm-hmm. And of course, we've established Draculaura has kind of like struggled um, yeah. with this and being kind of behind. And so she tells Claude to not put her in for the final race. And then, of course, they go through the race. Uh, we get uh, Claudine... Um, her skates end up getting damaged, so she ends up taking a fall. And we get a bit of, like, a cute moment where, like, Claudine is fully prepared to, like, go back in. She's actually not injured, but she pretends she to She looks be. and sees, like, Dracula all sad, and then she's like, oh, my leg, oh, my leg. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, I know the, uh, I know Claudine and Dracula have a specific ship name, uh, but there's a, I don't know, that was a cute... Yeah, she was risking uh, them potentially losing the match just to make Draculaura happy and feel confident about herself. Yeah, yeah, I appreciated that. And as the thing went on, we get to see Draculaura starting to believe in herself and, you know, seeing that, you know, since she's got all of her team supporting her, she ends up actually uh, ending up in the lead. And we get to see the other, like, team members kind of taking advantage of their abilities. uh, Where uh, we see Laguna get pushed into the Kraken waters, but she ends up swimming up ahead. Uh, uh, Abby Abominable ends up going all Frozone on us, making a little ice bridge when they destroy, like, that walkway. She's one with the wind and sky. Oh, my God. And uh, we also get... Huh. Frankie doesn't do much. Yeah, Frankie, even though she kind of delivers the lesson at the end of the special and nears it, kind of sort of takes a backseat in this movie. I feel like you could say that for pretty much all of these movies, which is really weird. Her personality is main girl. Yeah, which, 
That's that's strange to think because honestly, limbs also occasionally fall off, and also occasionally she electrocutes people. Yeah, I, it's one of those things where I'm surprised Draculaura isn't like the main protagonist girl because she honestly, when I think of like iconic movie monsters, Dracula is the more prominent one that comes to my mind. This is where we get towards the uh, the little climax as the uh, the main gargoyle dude and is neck and neck with uh with Draculaura thanks to Claudine Rochelle and uh Operetta they're able to get Draculaura up to the front and they pull the cars as Draculaura does a little kick into the finish line and that's enough to be able to win the race to the adulation of the crowd yeah and also in this like a uh... This is where we get uh, Frankie delivering the message of the movie because they're prepared to take the, the the school crest of the gargoyle school. But then she's like, actually, we should stop because that's just going to hurt them. And just because something is tradition doesn't mean it's good. Yeah, which, you know, not a bad thing. Yeah. Not a bad theme to establish. Uh, and also, we established that the trophy... On top of the trophy is Rebecca's balance module. Yeah. Which again harbors a lot of questions why yeah. this girl's body parts were just. I imagine it's kind of the equivalent of like the cerebellum of her brain, because that also like regulates our internal balance and stuff like that. Hey, that's my left liver. Yeah. Just like th- that's absolutely wild. Although, let's be real, if American sports could do it. We would defo, defo, put like the entrails of our enemies on our sports regalia. Uh, yeah, yeah, that would. I would not be surprised if that's that wasn't like a like ancient Greek thing. But either way, that's uh, the end of the movie. We get a bit of a flash forward to next year's competition. We're now. Monster High team is made up of both boys and girls. Yeah, and also uh, they have restored Rebecca Steam's module. So now, and a cool thing about her is like instead of roller skates, she like skates around on like steam powered like jet boots jet boots which that's that's some freaking tight as hell stuff right there like i do we didn't talk a whole lot about rebecca steam's design but she has like this brass copper skin her hair is like black with these like bright neon blue streaks she she has that kind of weird steampunk kind of metal frame thing that's kind of around yeah, her skirt light, light. yeah like, I like element, some elements of steampunk, but I gotta say, there are some elements of steampunk fashion that I'm always a little bit, like, unsure about. Like, I don't know, to me, the platonic ideal of what a good steampunk design is, is, like, steam-powered giraffe. I don't know, maybe that's part of the reason why I liked Rebecca's design as much, because it did kind of remind me of some of the designs from that group, but... Yeah, it was a pretty neat thing, because now with this co-ed team, we got Claude, Operetta, Manitar, Gil, Laguna, uh, Heath. Oh, God, I, I'm sorry. I did learn Flame Guy's name. Rochelle and Rebecca, which, yeah. yeah. And to be it noted, Gil was in this movie. He doesn't have much lines, but when he does, they are, once again, very whiny. Yeah, although his whininess was a little bit more understandable, because it's like, oh, if... If Claude is not going to be able to play work, the whole season's toast and there's nothing we can do, which... Still sounds very complaining to me. It sounds... Well, I feel like compared to, like, the last movie, in terms of complaining, that's more justified, I would say. But, yeah, that's the end of the movie. Uh... I'm yeah, I was a find- bit bummed we didn't get to see Rebecca actually, uh, skating that much. Yeah! I would have liked to see that. Uh, it's, it's a thing where it's fine, but I, yeah, I agree. I would have really liked to see a little bit more. Yeah, I do like their little skater designs. Like, they got little, like, custom helmets and everything. Yeah, so the doll line that this was promoting was called Skultimate Roller Maze, aka Scream. And all the, all the ghouls get different types of, uh, I will say design. it was funny that like whenever they would do photo shoots in this movie, like uh, Cleo would also want to be a part of it, even though she was not on the team. She yeah, she was only on the team for like the first bit. Although I will say, I think 
this is probably the platonic ideal of what Cleo should be in these kind of movies. Because she's kind of the butt of some of the jokes, but like she's still broadly supportive. She's not causing a lot of needless conflict. But the other characters, even though Gulia, she doesn't skate at all either. She's just there. But they gave her like a pretty cute design where she has like this pink uh, elbow pads and black and white shirt. And a brain helmet. That's a good design. Um, And then Operetta's design, it's fine. She has, like, records on her dress. It doesn't look that distinctive. Uh, Laguna's, her design was also okay, I guess. She has, like, a fin on her helmet. Although, I, I think compared to, like, the beach outfits, I wasn't too hot yeah i mean i guess like the theme of like roller skating is a bit more like specific and that's true you can do with it you know? yeah like and frankie's design she's just like wearing a flower dress and her hair is just like straight and cut it's eh. and then oh oh god and then we also got abby i will say we didn't get to talk about our girl abby abominable uh not she, a, she was still pretty fun. Still time. pretty fun. Didn't get as much to do, though. No, she... I do appreciate how she... They had her there kind of as, like, muscle of the team, which is pretty good. I will say, though, they made her hair, like, really short for the doll for some reason. And, yeah. Meanwhile, Claudine, she's rocking, like, leopard... I I think I like Claudine's outfit the most, because she's, like, the most overtly punk out of all of them. Her, uh... Like, her helmet is all spiky. She's got, like, leopard print on. But, I mean, her even her shoes have spikes on that, which I will say, out of all the girls, Claudine looks like a girl that you would actually see at a roller derby, which, you know, makes sense. But, yeah, that's going to be, uh... That's going to be the end of the movie. Yeah. So, what do you... What rating do you give this movie, Emma? I'd say about three dismembered girl parts found throughout a <laughs> sports stadium out of five. Um, I thought it was pretty decent. Like, I think I, I think of the ones we've seen, this one was kind of just, yeah, it's okay. But like, yeah, you know, still, still, these movies are pretty fun. It's always cool to see all the different girls and the different like designs. Mm-hmm. I'd say it was perfectly adequate. Yeah, I'm trying to think back to... This is movie number five, I believe. Yeah, and... At this point... I don't know, I think we're getting like a pretty good grasp on what this series is like overall. And, well... I don't know. Is Are there any ones that are like a particular favorite of the ones we've seen so far? Hmm. So I thought like the one Dracula centered one was mm. pretty fun. Yeah, I think I don't know. I think if we can get more movies that kind of focus on like that stuff surrounding like their relationships more, yeah. that'll end up helping. As for me, I'm going to give this movie a rented roller skate out of five. You know, it it's a little bit creaky in some places. You know, you're not sure. Like, what kind of a history this thing has got. Uh, maybe there's a little bit of an off-putting uh, stank to it. But, you know, once you get those things on, once it's all strapped in, you know, glides pretty nice and it gets you where you need to go. Oh, yeah. I think that's going to do it for us. So, until next time, thank you one and all for joining us on this spooktacular visit once again to Monster High. And uh, until the next time we enter these hallowed halls, Emma, the people, the listeners, similar to Rebecca Steam, they too are strewn about, incomplete, one might say, without more of you. Where are people able to reconstruct themselves and become whole again? Eh, hell if I know. You can follow Emma on Twitter at EmmaCory9. <laughs> you can also follow me with my own stuff at youtube.com slash henrycathman, henrycathman.tumblr.com, patreon.com slash henrycathman. That's what pays the bills. And 
Follow me maybe on Twitter at Catherine Henry. If you want to also uh, keep up to date with the stuff that we're done doing, you can give us a follow on the old Twitters at Pink Owl Pod, as well as shooting us an email at pinkowlpod at gmail.com. And, you know, giving us a rating, comment, all that good stuff with each of these episodes. We appreciate all the good, kind words and feedback and all... Uh, a lot of the attention that we've gotten on Twitter lately, I don't know about you guys. I know for a lot of folks, things like this are a nice little little break. So hopefully uh, we'll be able to get you back in the pink aisle soon. But until next time, Emma, mm-hmm. I think we need to make like a rollerblade and wheel on out of here. Good one. Bye. <laughs>